For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. This is part three of the series. The New Covenant is the Torah written upon our heart, and this New Covenant was given to the House of Israel, the Northern Kingdom, and the House of Judah. So in Jeremiah, in chapter 31 and verse 31, it says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And so what does this new covenant look like? In verse 33, Jeremiah 31, verse 33, it is written, But this will be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts, and I will write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So the new covenant is the Torah written upon our heart by the Holy Spirit. That's why Yeshua said that his Torah is easy and light, because it's not up to man's understanding, ability, and strength and interpretation to follow the Torah of Yeshua. He gives us his spirit by which we are to follow his Torah. So Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31 and verse 33 is quoted in Hebrews in chapter 8. So Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 8, it says, For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, This will be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their mind and write it in their heart. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So I will be their God, they will be my people, is marriage terminology. It is Yeshua having a covenant relationship with his bride that is based upon his Torah being written upon her heart. Now, the Torah written upon her heart is the will of the God of Israel, which we can see in Psalm in chapter 40 and verse 7, and then verse 8. So first verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. That verse is quoted of Yeshua in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, that in the volume of the book, or the totality of Scripture, it's written about Yeshua. And then in verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your Torah is within my heart. 
And so the will of God is the Torah of Yeshua that he gave at Mount Sinai is to be written upon our heart, and it's written upon our heart by the Holy Spirit. So the last example I'm going to give you from the words of Yeshua himself in the New Testament that he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai is John in chapter 14 and verse 15. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Yeshua said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So when Yeshua said these words, love me and keep my commandments, he was making a hint or he was giving us a clue and pointing us to the very first place in the Bible where we see the phrase, love me and keep my commandments. And it's found in the chapter on the giving of the Ten Commandments as recorded in the book of Exodus. And so in Exodus, in chapter 20, and verse 6, the one that it says in verse 2, I am Yahweh, your Elohim, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and that you're not to have any other gods before him. He said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, that he shows mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So when Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, he was making a reference back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 6. In the context of Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, the one that spoke the words, love me and keep my commandments, is the one that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. That is Yahweh Elohim that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. So who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt? In Judges chapter 2, verse 1, we're told it was the messenger of the Lord. And so who gave the Torah at Mount Sinai? It was the messenger of the Lord that spoke to Moses at the burning bush. And then we can see in Acts in chapter 7 and verse 38 that it was the messenger of the Lord that spoke to Moses at the burning bush that spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai and gave the lively oracles or the Torah to us. So now I'm going to show you a reference that the one that commanded Abraham to offer up Isaac in Genesis chapter 22, it's the messenger of the Lord. And so it's Yeshua again. Now in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 15, it says, And the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, called unto Abram out of heaven the second time. And this is what the messenger of the Lord says. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. So the messenger of the Lord is called Yahweh. By myself I have sworn, says Yahweh, that because you've done this thing, have you not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. So these words that the messenger of the Lord said to Abraham out of heaven, and it says that this messenger of the Lord is Yahweh, the words that he reaffirmed to Abraham are the words that he gave Abraham initially when he entered into covenant with him that we can see covenant promises was made to Abraham in Genesis in chapter 12 verse 3 where it says, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you and in you to all the families of the earth be blessed. And then in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made covenant with Abraham saying, unto your seed have I given you the land from the river of Egypt unto the great river 
the river Euphrates. So this is the foundation that we need to have in order to understand this teaching that I've entitled the testimony of Yeshua. The foundation for understanding this teaching is that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And the Torah and the Ten Commandments is Yeshua's testimony. So now let's begin to see these things. We're going to begin by looking at Psalm in chapter 19 and verse 7, which says, The Torah of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So this is parallelism. And so the parallel thought in the verse is the Torah of the Lord that is perfect is also the testimony of the Lord that is sure. So here in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7, we can see that the Torah is called the testimony. Now, the word testimony is the Strong's number 5715 in the Strong's Hebrew Concordance. For those of you who are not familiar with the Strong's number, James Strong in the 1800s wrote a concordance of the Bible. And so he made a concordance of the Hebrew scriptures and a concordance of the New Testament Greek scriptures. So what he did is he took every Hebrew word that appeared in the Hebrew scriptures and every Greek word that appears in the New Testament, and he categorized them and sorted them in alphabetical order according to the first to the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the Greek alphabet. And then those words that began with the first letter of the alphabet, he assigned it an arbitrary number sequentially beginning in one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, etc. And so James Strong assigned the Hebrew word adut to be the number 5715. So the Hebrew word edut, which means testimony, comes from the Hebrew root aid. It's the Strong's number 5707. So what we're going to see is there's going to be a Hebrew linguistic connection that links the lawgiver to his Torah and his Ten Commandments and the purpose that the lawgiver gave the Torah and the Ten Commandments to his people that's the congregation of Jacob, and what they were called to do with it. That is to be a witness in the world of the Torah and the Ten Commandments of the one that gave the Torah and the Ten Commandments. That is Yeshua. So we're going to see the linguistic connection of this link or this association. And so the linguistic connection is that the Torah, and I'm going to show you as well, the Ten Commandments is called the Adut. The root of that is Aid. The Strong's number 5707. And Aid in Hebrew means a witness. So the Torah, Adut, it's to witness of the one who gave the Torah, the lawgiver, Yeshua, which is Aid in Hebrew. So next, we're going to see from Psalm chapter 78, verse 1 and verse 5, the following, that the Torah is the Adut, the testimony. Psalm 78, verse 1, it is written, Give ear, O my people, to my Torah, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. So the subject is the Torah. Now what's said about the Torah is Psalm 78, verse 5. He established a testimony 
in Jacob. So once again, we see from these scriptures that the Torah is called the testimony. Testimony in Hebrew is a dut, and it comes from the Hebrew word aid, which means a witness. Next, we're going to see that the Ten Commandments is called the Testament. Not only is the Torah called the Testimony, but the Ten Commandments is called the Testimony or Edut in Hebrew. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18, it is written, And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him on Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. So, the two tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written are called the two tables of testimony. Adu, the Strong's number 5715. Now we're going to look at Exodus chapter 32, verse 15. And it says, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony, the Adu, the Strong's number 5715, were in his hand. The tables were written on both sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. Now, what we're going to see is what's going to be done with this testimony, which is the Ten Commandments, that Moses is going to be instructed to put the Ten Commandments, the testimony, they adut, in the ark that is within the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle. Let's see these scriptures. Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 10, it is written, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, According to all that I show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And then it goes on to say, And they made an ark of shatim wood. Now we're going to jump to Exodus chapter 25, verse 21. And it says, And you shall put the mercy seat above the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony, that is the Ten Commandments, that is the adut, that I shall give you. All right, so why was the Ten Commandments, the testimony, the adut, put in the ark in the Holy of Holies? Well, this is a prophecy. And in order to understand the prophecy in the spiritual truth of why the testimony of Yeshua, the summary of the Torah, which is the Ten Commandments, why it was put in the Ark of the Holy of Holies is because the tabernacle, which was instructed to be made in the wilderness, we're told in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 that the tabernacle in the wilderness, sometimes called Moses' tabernacle, that it was patterned after the heavenly tabernacle. We could see this in Hebrews in chapter 8. And it says in verse 1, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the summation of it, that Yeshua, verse 2, is a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched or the Lord made and not man. So the heavenly tabernacle was made by Yeshua himself. So regarding the heavenly tabernacle, it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, that it serves as an example and a shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the 
tabernacle in the wilderness. See that you make it according to all the pattern shown to you in the mount. So the tabernacle in the wilderness was instructed to be made according to and after the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. So now we understand that heaven itself is seen as being a tabernacle. We can see this as outlined in Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation 21.1, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So speaking of the new heaven and new earth, it says in verse 3, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. I will be their people, they will be my God. This is phraseology that's associated with a marital relationship. And so the God of Israel's relationship with his people, who is his bride, he says, I will be their people and they will be my God. And so then we can see that heaven is a tabernacle. So in heaven, there are levels of holiness. Not everyone that is going to spend eternity with Yeshua forever, which we call heaven, is going to have the same spiritual status in heaven. So we can see this principle from 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. And in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, Beginning in verse 35, Paul asked the question. Some will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they have? So Paul is asking the question, how are the dead raised up? And he's answering this question. What is the resurrection of the dead going to look like? So in answering the question about the resurrection of the dead, particularly believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 39, all flesh is not the same flesh. So what's the resurrection of the dead going to look like? Not everyone's equal. All flesh is not the same flesh. And then he compares it to the heavenly bodies, where in verses 40 and 41, he explains there are celestial bodies and there are bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one. In the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So is the resurrection of the dead. So in the resurrection of the dead, what do we see here in the explanation of the answer what is common in the answer? Glory, 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 glory. So if you believe in Yeshua as the Messiah in the resurrection of the dead, you are going to receive a glorified body. Everyone that believes in Yeshua as the Messiah who spends eternity with him will have a glorified body. But not all glorified bodies are going to have equal spiritual status. One star differs from another star in glory. So now if we look at the tabernacle and its construction, which is a blueprint of the heavenly tabernacle, you could only enter into the tabernacle in the wilderness through the eastern gate. So that eastern gate is a picture of Yeshua being the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes in the Father but by Him. So the first thing you have as you enter into 
the tabernacle is we have the outer court. And the first thing you encounter when you go through the door and enter into the tabernacle is the brazen altar. So the brazen altar is a picture of Yeshua dying on the tree. And so you come to Yeshua by believing what he did when he died on the tree and he shed his blood so that we can have forgiveness of sins, that if we would repent of our sins and ask Yeshua into our heart, into our lives, and ask him from our heart with our mouth, as it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that we will be saved if we ask him to be our Savior and making Lord of our lives. And so this is a picture of the brazen altar. So the tabernacle in the wilderness had three main component areas. And so the largest area was called the outer court. The outer court is holy, but it was the lowest level of holiness in the tabernacle. The next higher level of holiness is called the holy place. But the holiest place of the tabernacle is called the holy of holies. So we have levels of holiness. The lowest level of holiness is the outer court. The highest level of holiness is the holy of holies. The lowest level of holiness in the kingdom of God is accepting Yeshua as your Savior and your Lord. That's the start of your spiritual journey. And in the start of our spiritual journey, we are regarded in the Bible as babes in Messiah. And there's a reference to this in First Peter in chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 2. It says, As newborn babes in Messiah desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow. So when we accept Yeshua as our Savior and our Lord, we become born again and we are spiritually babes and we're supposed to grow in the knowledge of Yeshua the Messiah and we're supposed to grow up in the spiritual maturity. So this is outlined for us in Hebrews in chapter 5 verses 12 through 14 where it says, For when the time that you ought to be a teacher, not a student, but a teacher, you have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you've become such as need of milk, that's a newborn babe in Messiah, and not of strong meat, that's being spiritually mature. For everyone that uses milk, which is a babe in Messiah, is unskillful in the word of righteousness because he is a babe. But strong meat, or spiritual maturity, or a spiritual adult, belongs to them that are full age, that are fully grown, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the reason why the testimony, which the Torah is the testimony, but the summation of the Torah is the Ten Commandments, why the Ten Commandments was put in the ark, which was located in the Holy of Holies, is it's a prophetic spiritual picture that the bride of Messiah will have the spiritual characteristics of following the Torah of Yeshua by his spirit. And in doing so, and when she does, how we know that she's spiritually mature is she will have the evidence of the fruit of that spirit. The fruit of the spirit 
which is doing the word of God by the Spirit, Paul outlined the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians in chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So why is the first fruit that Paul lists love? Because the greatest commandment in the Torah is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.